You are listening to Holy Words from Holy Cross, the sermon podcast of Holy Cross Evangelical Lutheran Church in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. We hope you find these words a blessing in your daily walk with God. Please visit us on the web at www.holycrossnazareth.org or in person at 696 Johnson Road, Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Don't be all else to me, save that thou art. George Bernard Shaw once quipped that the English and Americans are two people separated by a common language. And that is no less true of Christians. Different Christian communions, people who understand their obedience to Christ differently, sometimes use the same words to describe very different things, and at other times use different words to describe the same things. If tonight is characterized by solemnity and silence, last night was characterized down at the scorecard by festivity and singing. And uh, we got to hear our friends from a companion ministry who we've partnered with before um, as they were filming their show use language which is quite common amongst American evangelicals but not at all common amongst Lutherans. The language of getting saved. They spoke of somebody getting saved at a certain point. And it's not a phrase Lutherans typically use. Afraid of falling into bad election theology, Lutherans have avoided that kind of language. Um, and they typically, if you're asked if they've been saved, either look backward or look forward. Not to a date in their own life, but either look backward to 33 AD and a hill outside of Jerusalem where a poor carpenter was hung for the crimes of humanity upon a cross. Or look forward to the final judgment when all the dead will rise to their eternal salvation or punishment. But the language that our brothers and sisters use about getting saved does articulate, is trying to capture a reality that Lutherans do in fact believe in. And that is the reality of personal conversion. Conversion characterized by the Holy Spirit coming upon us to convict us of our sinfulness and inspire within us faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. It's a reality about which we sing. When I go to um, various ecumenical gatherings where I have to, we have to lead worship with lots of Christians, there is only one hymn I guarantee we all know. It's not a mighty fortress, much as I wish it was. <laughs> the hymn that all Christians know is Amazing Grace. We all can sing, I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind. But now I see. We all understand the significance of that moment when our eyes are opened and we see Jesus as He is and confess Him to be our Lord and Savior. Salvation is both an eternal cosmic reality in which we participate now by faith, but it's also a temporal personal reality. We have some experience of what philosophers would call existential knowledge. A thing that we now participate in that way also by faith. The difference is not one of reality, it's one of emphasis. 
with Lutherans focusing on the cosmic and our evangelical brothers and sisters focusing on the personal. We both believe in both. At my first parish, um, a man who was a great mentor to me was our conservative Baptist pastor. He invited me, when I came to town, he invited me first to join this little group of pastors. And we were in a town of 800 people. There were no unchurched. There were people who hadn't come to church in a while. But everyone claimed they belonged to a church in town. And we just kept track of who shifted between which churches. But we were Lutherans and we were Roman Catholics. We were Anglicans, we were Baptists, we were Church of God, we were Assembly of God, we were Conservative Wesleyan. We were all sorts. And one non-denominational, they came in right towards the end. And um, Pastor Melhorn invited me to this group of pastors and he gave his testimony at that first meeting because that's what you do in his church. You start by giving your testimony. And um, he said, you know, I wanted to invite you to be part of this group because I was invited to come here 15 years ago by the Catholic priest at that time. He said, I grew up in a church where we were told Roman Catholics weren't Christians. So I came with my dukes up, ready to fight. And after about two meetings, I thought to myself, this guy loves Jesus more than I do. (laughs) Maybe I've got something to learn. (laughs) And he said, and I've learned over the years that we have different understandings of Scripture and we don't want to minimize those. We discuss those. We debate them even. But what holds us together is far greater than what separates us and that is our conviction that Jesus is Lord. And he said, honestly, we're all reading the same books and the same book and what I found as we come together is that we all get pretty close to the same place over time. We just take different routes getting there. Lent is an ancient Christian observance, truly ancient, going back to the very, very early church. It's obviously made by the church. It's a time modeled on Jesus' 40, week, 40 days excuse me, in the, in the wilderness. It's an observance that while not neglecting the seminal significance of one's initial conversion to Jesus, and that is, is so important, it focuses more our attention on beyond that initial conversion, on the ongoing process of conversion to Jesus, a conversion we are all involved in every day of our lives. We heard um, our friend Stan last night use a phrase which is common, a bit of folk theology. If Jesus is not Lord of all, he is not Lord at all. And that's very true. Lent helps us apply that truism to our life personally. Usually when that phrase is used, it's used in reflection to world events. Christians are a little distraught by something going on in the world and we, we remind ourselves that God is in fact in charge that way. But when Luther in the small catechism teaches us to pray the Lord's Prayer, he says, when you say... Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. You are saying more than let it be done out there. You are praying that the Lord's will will be done in your life, beginning from you. You're asking the Lord to conform your will, your heart, to His will and His heart. Christ is Lord of all or He is not Lord at all. 
And we would say, as it regards our own personal life, this is what I would say at least, in the end he will claim all of us or he will have none of us. That's in the end. But in the middle, in the process, on the journey we're on, here in the church, and the word church just means assembly, the common life of our common life as an assembly of those who call Jesus Lord. This, I've recently heard it said by Hank Hanegraaff, is the gymnasium where the Lord transforms us by athleticism, so to speak, spiritual athleticism. We receive the gospel as done. If you have not heard that you do not need to work your way into heaven, hear it now. All has been done for you by Jesus Christ. But discipleship, the call to follow Jesus, calls us to do, not to earn our salvation, but instead to become more and more like Him who saved us. 2 Corinthians 3.18 reads like this, We all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. That means that as we behold His face, hearing the done of the gospel, we are called into a doing where we participate in what God's doing in the world and by participating become more and more like Christ Himself. This is what the spiritual disciplines of Lent, like fasting and almsgiving and prayer, are all about. Making room in our lives so that the Word of God can have more of its way with us. One of my favorite contemporary Christian artists was a man named Rich Mullins. There's a movie out about his life now. He um, said that when he was a kid... He'd walk down the church aisle and be born again or rededicate his life to Christ every year at camp. In college, he'd do it about every six months and then quarterly. By the time he was in his 40s, he was doing it about four times a day. In his own journey into a more liturgical tradition like our own, he came to realize the truth of what Luther said about baptism, which is that although it happens once, it's a daily sacrament. Every day we seek to drown the old man and let Christ rise up the new one in his place. This is why Luther said, This life, therefore, is not righteousness, but growth in righteousness. Not health, but healing. Not being, but becoming. Not rest, but exercise. We are not yet what we shall be, but we are growing toward it. The process is not yet finished, but it is going on. This is not the end, but it is the road. All does not yet gleam in glory, but all is being purified. In this season, brothers and sisters, as we walk the road with our Savior, Toward his cross. As we return to the Lord our God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, as we just heard from the prophet Joel, let us trust his done. 
and with it our doing. That we might become more and more to one another and to the world as Him. From one degree of glory to another. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My vision, O Lord of my heart, not be all else to me save that Thou art. Be Thou my best thought in the day and the night. Waking or sleeping, Thy presence, my light.